Hannah Gandhi is a senior liaison officer for the Youth Referral and Independent Person Program at the Centre for Multicultural Youth, and she's a 2022 Victorian Government John Monash Scholar. She's completed a Bachelor of Laws, Bachelor of Arts in Politics with a high distinction in both degrees at La Trobe University. She has been mentored by former Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard and is heavily involved in youth services, having been awarded the Order of Australia Association Foundation Scholarship in recognition of her work in that area. She plans to study a Master of Laws specialising in law and social justice at University College in London. Hannah, welcome to the program. Yeah, it's it's great to join you today. And so where are you joining us from? Is it um, is it Melbourne? Yeah, so I'm joining from Melbourne today. Going to be heading over to London in September later this year. And so what's the plan? You're going to University College in London. What was it that made you pick uh, that particular institution? When I actually graduated from my undergraduate degrees, I was pretty sure that I did want to do a Master of Laws. I, I really looked at the universities in Australia and um, I had particular interests in working with people who were suffering disadvantage and I really struggled to find a program in Australia that uh, really offered subjects that were going to sort of let me explore my passions in that area. So I started looking uh, into universities in London a couple of other countries too, but I, I really felt like studying in London was going to be um, really insightful because the legal system is so similar to here in Australia. And as I was applying for the general Sir John Monash Foundation Scholarship, I I wasn't entirely sure really what university I would pick yep. if I had received a scholarship. Not unusual. A lot of scholars say that. Yeah. So it was kind of a process. The application process made me think about why I wanted to study at University College of London. And it was really because of the specialization in social justice that it offered. I looked at the subjects and there were subjects in children's rights, criminal law, access to justice and human rights. And those mm -hmm. types of subjects uh, were really, really important to me. And that's the reason I wanted to study the Master of Laws. So University College London is quite highly ranked university and it's centered in the city. So I think um, it's it's a bit of a different experience to the closed campus sort of experience I did have in my undergraduate. So it's going to be good to experience something new. When you say people of disadvantage, can you maybe define that a little bit further for us? Who exactly are you talking about there? So I'm really, I'm talking about disadvantaged youth and okay. yeah, I really, I have a pretty strong passion for working with youth who are suffering disadvantage. I think it comes from my own personal perspective. I've done a lot of work with young persons and it's something that, uh, cr it, makes me feel passionate and it makes me feel a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. I understand from growing up sort of what it's like to come from more difficult circumstances. And I also understand that studying these topics and working in the legal industry can help change young people's lives. Well, you touched on your childhood. Can you perhaps expand on what it was like for you growing up? 
Yeah. So I always tell this one story and it's when I was a little girl, I was walking with my mum down the street and she turned and asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I remember as a kid, it always changed. I never wanted to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. But one day I said something that was kind of weird for a kid to say. <laughs> and I said, I want to bring a briefcase to the city. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I thought it was funny, but also at the same time, it was something that I remembered because we were actually walking back to a park where we were sleeping in a tent because my family was homeless. Right. As I got older, my life changed a bit, but basically... I grew up with my single mum and she worked as a cleaner and raised me and my brother and my cousin. And we, ex- we experienced uh, some pretty extreme disadvantage, po- poverty, physical abuse, addiction, domestic violence. And I had a lot of emotional trauma. And as a result of this, I was super disengaged in high school. And at 14 years old, I was enrolled at the pavilion school. And tell us about the Pavilion School. The Pavilion School is a school for students who are disengaged or excluded from mainstream education. Mm-hmm. The teachers at the school are really, really supportive and they focus on well-being uh, before academic performance. Mm-hmm. So the, the teachers went above and beyond to address my needs and then push me to achieve more, you know, believe in myself again because I'd come from quite difficult circumstances. I think that this education was transformative for me and and also I saw it as a transformative experience for the people uh, who were at the school as well. I kind of started to realise at this school that many young people face some really challenging circumstances and I remember kids coming to school uh, and eating all of the food that the school would offer because they didn't have food to eat at home or mm. coming to school and even sleeping at the school because they didn't have somewhere to sleep. Was it, a, was it a big school? How many people went to the pavilion school? When I started at the pavilion school, there was, uh, I would say, around 150 students, but I was there for a few years, and when I left, it was up to 400 students. Your idea. Wow. And so how old were you when you left and where did you go after that? So I was 18 when I left and I went straight into La Trobe University to do the Bachelor of Laws and Bachelor of Arts majoring in politics. And and did you, so then did you finish the equivalent of year 12 and all the exams that go with it? Yeah. So I was the Actually, I was the first and the only student to ever complete the Victorian Certificate of Education at my school. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. So I was the only one to do that. There's been students who have since gone on to university and that's really great. Uh, But I was the only one to complete my Victorian Certificate of Education and to go through that pathway. And I was lucky that I was able to do a lot of work with La Trobe after I'd actually gotten in and I was studying uh, that could help students from similar backgrounds also access university education. So, t- so tell me about that. What did you do? So I did, I started working for the school partnerships program and it's a program that basically introduces the idea of university to young persons from backgrounds who 
um, usually wouldn't be exposed to it. So uh, my role was to facilitate educational workshops with young people and also became involved with planning and developing programs for young people, which was sort of longer term in areas like law and science uh, and media. And we'd develop sort of longer programs and and it, I left the program a couple of years ago, but it, it changed a bit uh, to become more of a bridging program and young persons from actually my school have gotten access to university since then through that program. So at what point as you were going through the Pavilion School and you said that you were disengaged, did things start to turn around for you and, and, and then you thought, well, perhaps I could potentially go to university? Well, I've been asked this question a lot of what was the point, like when was the point, and I don't think there was ever one point where everything turned around. Uh, it was certainly years of hard work, I think, of my teachers and also of myself to sort of overcome each new barrier as it came. So, you know, building the confidence to even, you know, take one uh, year 12 subject, things like that, that was actually a big step at the time. And then, you know, it was the next step of building more confidence to apply to study university subjects while I was in year 12. And it's it was every step uh, sort of got bigger and bigger. And I it was over the course of a while. So there was never really one point, but I do remember gradually seeing that I had an impact on my peers uh, and that they believed in themselves when I believed in myself and that um, eventually realizing that I could go to university and I could uh, get an education and help to change the lives and the circumstances of people who were experiencing things like my peers at school had experienced. And the um, the double degree that you studied, I mean, th- that is an enormous achievement and that is no easy thing. You've taken on a Bachelor of Laws and a Bachelor of Arts in politics. What was it that made you decide uh, that degree? I, I think it went all the way back to when I was picking my year 12 subjects and mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot that I was good at because I had missed quite a lot of school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And it, you know, it was unfortunate because there are certain things like certain subjects. I just had such a knowledge gap that I couldn't take them, but I did take uh, legal studies and I took Australian politics and they yes. were my favorite subjects. I absolutely loved them. You know, I, I really just enjoyed studying them and I, I eventually I could see with the help of my teachers um, talking it out with me, but I could see that I could have a real impact in those if I pursued those careers. So, yeah, I guess that's why I my first preference, I remember, it was to study the double degree that I got into. And um yeah, I'm really happy that that's sort of what I studied. And yeah, that's why I guess I, I chose it at the time. And so you, you've now got the John Monash Scholarship. What made you apply for that? Had, uh, I'm keen to know more about the experience of when you saw it and thought, yeah, you know what, I'll, I might give this a go. This looks good to me. Yeah. So uh, about a year before I applied, 
I uh, received a message from one of my teachers from high school and she just linked me. Um, she, she just linked me to the opportunity. And at the time when I received it, I thought I was really in the depths of my law and politics degrees and I thought, not right now. Um, you know, like I, it, it wasn't something that I had thought about, but I guess it, she kind of planted the seed because as the next year went on, um, I thought about it more and more. As all good teachers do, by the way. Yes. Um, so the year went on and the, the seed was planted and, and then I, I thought about it more and eventually I, I knew I was going to apply. So as soon as applications opened, I applied for that. Yeah, it's fantastic that I was I had received it as I've now received it as well. And so you're heading to London in September. What's the plan? Is there a plan? You don't have to have a plan. <laughs> How's it all going to work? I don't have a plan yet. Um, I'm still like I've gotten my offer. I know I'm going to, you know, University College London and I'm studying the Master of Laws. But I'm not too sure, like, where I'll live. I think I'm, I'm going to go into just, like, private um, share house accommodation. And other than that, I, I don't really have a plan. <laughs> That's a good thing, I think. Well, I'm keen to know more about the work you're doing at the moment. Tell us about your job at the Centre for Multicultural Youth. Uh, the, the program that I work for is the Youth Referral and Independent Person Program. And it provides support to young persons who are arrested and interviewed by police where they don't have a parent who's able to attend. So the, the program provides trained volunteers and they support the welfare needs of the child and just help ensure that the process is followed in the police interview and at the police station are the proper ones. My job is that the volunteers will record uh, when incidents happen and that gets passed on to a few different regional offices that are located all across Victoria. And uh, if there's a significant significant welfare or legal issue, then they get sent to me to follow them up. So it's something that really combines my youth work and legal knowledge. And I really, really love this job. And it's a space that uh, I'd like to sort of continue working in after I complete studies with even more knowledge on how I can impact young persons in the criminal system. Now, I mentioned in the introduction that you'd been mentored by the former Prime Minister, Julia Gillard. How did, uh, what was that like? And how did, um, how did all of that eventuate? Yeah, so it was a totally incredible experience. When I was in my second year of my double degree, was awarded the Order of Australia Association Foundation Scholarship. As a part of that, they link you up with a mentor. And I was very lucky because one day I received a call and um, the lady said to me, oh, your mentor is going to be Julia Gillard. <laughs> and I was... <laughs> and you're going, what? Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> really? Yep. I was absolutely shocked. So it was a formal mentoring arrangement for two years, but she continues to be one of the many key people who I look up to and who has really influenced my life. Really? Well, so you're still in touch with her now? Yeah. So I was very fortunate. She actually uh, provided my – she was a referee for my application with the John Monash Foundation. That would have helped, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm sure it helped. So I, I was very lucky um, – 
And yes, you just had a, a great deal of an impact. Um, that arrangement had a great deal of impact on me and and my career and um, some of the thoughts that I've had. And, and tell me, was she was this at the time where she was the prime minister, or was it before she was the PM? So it was after she was the prime minister. After she left politics, okay. And so, did you get to spend a lot of face to face time with her? What was the, what was your interaction like with with Julia Gillard? Yeah, so we would uh, often meet up face to face, and you know, just have a coffee, have a chat, things like that. There were yeah, just having a cup of coffee with the former PM. Yeah, and. You know, it's really weird, um, but actually all through school, my my teachers, my peers, like even my family that always joke and go, you're going to be the prime minister one day. And then all of a sudden... Well, you never know. Yes. I might get to that a bit later. Go on. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden I was sitting across um, from Julia Gillard and, and she said to me, oh, so do you want to be the prime minister or do you think you're going to be the prime minister one day? <laughs> And it was a bit of a, a weird, weird situation because, you know, I don't know if that's something that I would do. But, um, yeah, I think there were a lot of times where Miss Gillard had a great impact on me and just things like coming to watch me speak at events um, and really listening to my story and believing in me as well. Um, she also showed me the importance of women the role of women in leadership and the importance of that. And um, yeah, I, I'd never really thought of that as something that was important in my journey until then. Well, it's very rare that someone gets to spend a lot of uh, quality time with certainly someone of her influence, a former PM, no matter what side of politics you're from. So what are some of the, and you've touched on it briefly, what are some of the key things that you'll remember from your your time together as being mentored by Julia Gillard? So there were definitely, I think the really key things are those like when she came and, you know, when she would come and listen to me speak at events and um, just showing this level of like listening to me and caring about um, what I had to say in my career and, believing in me that, you know, one day I could be the prime minister. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, yeah, that they're kind of the main things. And then, of course, you know, there's just parts of conversations that you'll, you'll always remember, like trying to pin down what does a prime minister really do, like in your day-to-day -day <laughs> life, things like that. Yeah, what do you actually do? <laughs> well, um, speaking of politics, we've got a federal election coming up soon and the campaign is on. Do you look at that from afar and uh, and think, well, maybe that's something I might like to do one day? Let's let's get into that, given that it's uh, it's been raised before. Well, I'm not too sure. I think for the foreseeable future, my career is definitely going to be in law. I I really love that I did my politics degree and and have that background, and it's so important, uh, especially when you're dealing with policy issues that are, you know, created by law that impact young people. But I don't necessarily see myself at any time in the near future entering politics. I I love, you know, I, I really love um, 
reading about politics, things like that, particularly within Australia. And on election night, I'll have the TV on. I'll be ready and watching. But I, it's not something that I see in the foreseeable future for me. Maybe later on in life. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a never. It's a not right now. So let's let's talk about the legal profession, and indeed the political class. What 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 can both professions do better to help disadvantaged people, particularly disadvantaged youth? So I think um, whilst I've I guess whilst I studied that politics and that legal and the, and the law degree, I think that a better a better thing to think about instead of like politics and law and how they work together to impact young people. I think it's really important to think about how like youth work and the legal profession and politics can actually all work together um, to impact, you know, issues that are and and drive better outcomes for young people suffering disadvantage i did my politics degree but i didn't necessarily have a lot of experience in political work uh i think that having politics and laws guided by voices of young people and having young people considered when when policies and laws are made that impact them uh, can really help improve outcomes for them. And it's something that I feel like is missing in the legal profession and the political um, world right now. So just in relation to that, what in an ideal world would you like to see happen? I would like to see... Uh, well, I'd like to see, you know, change laws, particularly within the criminal youth justice system. For example... Uh, when I think of a 10-year-old child stealing something, I don't think that that child needs to be arrested and interviewed or even charged in some circumstances. I think that the that youth work can kind of come into that because I think children in those circumstances need support and therapy and strong structures that can help them. And I think the the criminal system needs to rethink youth offending practices because it often pushes disadvantaged youth further into disadvantage rather than helping lift them up out of the circumstances life has thrown them into. So I think there's a lot of reform that needs to be had in um, the criminal system, particularly where youth are involved. I also think that policymakers need to actively make the effort to focus on disadvantaged communities when they make decisions and particularly focus on young persons. Uh, I think things like free transport and accessible food services, supportive education, and even education systems that prioritise well-being and prevent things like exclusion uh, or discrimination. I think they're really important, and it's all these intersecting factors that sort of impact and grow disadvantage. And I think that within all of them, there needs to be a youth voice and we need to work together, work, work together to sort of um, impact, create laws that impact young person and change laws that impact young persons uh, to create better, better outcomes. Very well said. So let's, um, let's look ahead. Um, once you've finished your studies in London, what uh, what are you looking to do then? Potentially come back to Australia and uh, and work 
with disadvantaged youth again? Yeah, 100%. So I definitely know that after I finish my studies, I want to return to Australia. Uh, and that's because a lot of my passion comes from working with the, the communities uh, of young people that I've worked with. And I think my passion really does lie here in Australia and the experiences that I had growing up. I'm not entirely sure what my job will be when I come back. You can make your own job up. Yeah, I think so. I know working uh, at the Centre for Multicultural Youth since graduating, that's really strengthened my passion in particularly in criminal law. Before that, it just seemed like another area of law to me which impacted young persons suffering disadvantage. But um, I've been obviously really diving into that a bit deeper recently. So I think I'd like to continue working in criminal law or youth justice for a while longer. I feel like I'm able to have a significant impact and, and hopefully to help drive some change. I feel like I can help young people's voices be heard. And to be honest, there's there's many avenues I could see my career taking after I study, but all of them would combine my legal and youth work skills and knowledge to help drive an impact um, for young persons in the future. Amazing. Well, Hannah, we wish you all the very best with your uh, studies starting in September, and we'll certainly keep an eye out on you in the years ahead, particularly if there are new entrants uh, into Parliament down the track. You never know. So uh, all the best, Hannah, and good luck and many thanks for coming on to the program today. Thank you very much. It was lovely to speak with you.